What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening in this episode of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. I'm your host, EJ Stewart. We're in the dog days of summer, which usually means kind of a dead period in the sports world, but we got some really interesting, cool stories to talk about this week, so I'm excited to get started. Of course, we got NFL training camp right around the corner, Team USA for the men's basketball team convening at minicamp. And uh, and the baseball season you know, kind of in the middle of the dog days, as I said, August coming up very shortly. So a lot of fun stuff to talk about. A lot of different varying topics. College football starting to rev up now. The team get ready for their camps. Kendall joins me as well today. Of course, as always, Kendall, what are we talking about today that got you uh, got you ready to go? What uh, what's the point of this Team USA mini camp thing? Um, I don't know. I mean, to me, I'll be honest. It feels like a big photo op. It's only two days. It's only um, two days. They don't they don't play against any teams. Guys, I mean, from what I've heard, nobody was able to really take anything out of who looked good and who didn't. It was just that some guys were healthier. Is it just a team-building thing, maybe? Just a camaraderie thing? I'm sure, like, they have team meetings and stuff that, you know, where yeah. Pop can kind of lay down, like, it just feels like a the tampering ground hub. rules. And <laughs> it feels like a tampering hub. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's no point to it. Besides, like, that's why these guys show up. Was Kyrie said in the Bill Simmons of podcast. Exactly. You know, he's just happy to have the great relationships. Players yeah, <laughs> yeah, have you know. great relationships. He's like, that's where the tampering starts. The like USA Basketball and the All Star game. Um, because it's not like these guys are trying out, which I missed that whole deal where guys used to try out for. Well, they kind of are, though, aren't they? This is a fake tryout. Because I mean, because they're going to pick the they team. Got, they before. got twelve. They got twelve guys and. They got thirty invited thirty. Yeah, they 30, had thirty dudes. So, but some of those dudes know they have no shot at making. Eric Gordon, you're not going to make the team unless everybody pulls out. Uh, so when are they going to pick? You said they're going to pick the team like well, during the year, during the season. Yeah, like there's no tryout next summer. It's just going to be like right, right, right after the NBA season, they'll come out with the roster or something like that. That's what it was. Uh, last yeah, time. I agree. That's kind of whack. I mean. That's not a real indicator. Yeah, I kind of think that's a worse way of going about picking the team. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it must came from the players. Yeah, because I mean, it was kind of embarrassing to see yeah. guys get cut. I remember Rondo pulled out of it because he realized he wasn't going to make the team, so he left. He left the camp like two days early. Didn't John Wall say some saucy stuff? Yeah, John Wall. You know, before when, when he realized he Damian Lillard. It's talk crazy about Team USA yeah. in the past. And now all those guys are there taking the photo op. I'm like, <laughs> why don't you just boycott? If you think the thing's so rigged, I guess Adidas guys or whatever you want to go the at. The agent was telling them that it's worthwhile for them to Yeah, it's great for the their whole, brand. The Especially if you're Lillard, you have your own shoe. They're going to be playing in China next summer, Japan in 2020. You want to try and make the team, which is why this whole Kawhi Leonard thing is weird. Uh, but that also makes me think that Kawhi Leonard isn't going there because... He knows he's not gonna make it. I, I don't. Kawhi things. I mean, it's it's weird, but then it's not that weird when you consider the coach that he just tried to get the uh, get away from completely is the guy who's running Team yeah, USA. He must be that uncomfortable. I mean, I, it would have been an awkward situation had he gone there and played for them. You know, like it kind of been weird if LeBron, if, if uh, Team USA was being coached by uh, Mike Brown and LeBron <laughs> left Cleveland. Yeah. Hey, he went back there and I'm gonna yeah. play for Team USA. I mean, it would have been maybe a little less, you know, awkward, but it still would have been weird. And like this is like, cause like even that, or if like D'Antoni, or if D'Antoni was coaching Team USA when Melo got him was. fired, wasn't he like an assistant? 
That was after. That was before. Yeah, yeah, he, 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 was didn't, he didn't. He didn't work with them after the yeah, Knicks. Yeah, he was done. Yeah, but like, even that, I look at Kyrie and Tyron Lue. Like, if Tyron Lue coaching Team USA, I don't think Kyrie would be opposed to showing up. Even though he asked for a trade, I mean, it wasn't because of Tyron Lue. Whereas this, I think that's Kawhi, why. That's why I think the mellow thing is a better. It's yeah, a better Kawhi wants a trade. That would have been weird, and I don't think one of those people weren't going to be there. And we saw it. It was Dan Tony. Yeah, Dan Tony was gone. <laughs> they got rid of they, Coach K just dumped Dan Tony. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, it's very awkward, but, yeah, this whole minicamp thing, it just feels like a big waste of time. Um, I used to miss And why is there no, why are the, the big, well, we, we, I was going to say, they used to do that showcase game. Yeah, um, they got rid of Which, I mean, Paul George. Paul George broke his leg. Yeah, that's when they stopped doing We never going to see that again. Yeah. That's Which, I mean, I don't need that. I mean, the Chelsea game was good. Yeah, I mean, it's free basketball. Yeah, it was you know, free, yeah, you it was free get basketball, see, yeah. Like a free know. all-star game. Yeah. It's like, you know, instead of seeing them in grainy clips in the Drew League, yeah. I get to see them, you know, on ESPN in a in, a, in an NBA-style arena. Vegas, yeah. I, I, the other thing is, like, I don't know why there are no young players there. There's, it's, there's no select team. There's no guys that are maybe on the come-up that they gave a free spot to. Like, remember Anthony Davis was on the Olympic team? That was, without yeah. a doubt, an excellent experience for Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah. Coming into the league. I he mean, didn't deserve to make it. Yeah. They were, you could you probably could have picked 10 guys that were more deserving than Anthony yeah. Davis. It was like when Christian Leitner was picked for yeah, the, the dream, dream team. team. That did nothing for him. crazy. Yeah, it did nothing for him. He had a good rookie year, and then the rest went downhill. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, to me, clearly, like, Pop has, Pop has a way he wants to run the team that's different than Coach K. Coach K. And Clangelo's letting them do it. I mean, I guess, you know, Pop isn't trying to mess around with young guys and stuff. He wants a team that he knows can go out there and win. And, uh, and look, he's not going to waste honest. his time developing other teams' young players. That doesn't make, really make much sense for him. He's yeah. an NBA coach. And he's only going to do this for one time, which is also, right. like, he doesn't care if Jason Tatum will be the best, or Donovan Mitchell is going to be the best guy on Team USA in 10 years. Right, that doesn't involve He's yeah. only going to be here for one Olympic Run. Yeah, and the, he envisions those guys probably won't make the team in twenty twenty. Who's the who's like the 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 who's like the front runner? I mean, has anyone even talked about who the front runner is to replace Pop? Even though he hasn't coached yet. Look, the one name I, I've heard because this this was talked about in you know something we're gonna get to later in, in uh, around the summer league. But the one name that gets thrown around is is Brad Stevens. It's it's still Brad. It's Brad Stevens. I I mean I thought he would have been a candidate last time. Now that I think about it, he was too young, too unproven on the NBA level to give him the to have him replace Coach K. Mm-hmm. But now he does have the cachet of like this guy's the best coach in the league. Part of me kind of wants them to go back though to not using an, an NBA coach. I think that's the college thing is weird. Obviously, weird if you're a college that. basketball fan, it is an obvious advantage. I know. But and then who had the name in college basketball? Coach K had the name. Right. Who else in college basketball besides Coach K? Kyle Perry is the only guy. That guy can't coach. Uh, he's off. I mean, he coached, he coached the Team USA team, and they lost to R.J. Barrett. Yeah, no. You know, and went bronze. Yeah. I mean, Bill Self? No, nah, you can't do Bill Self. That's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe four years from now, Penny Hardaway will have a national championship. Or Roy Williams. And they'll give him the job. He's also old. How old is Roy? He's in he's 70? He's got to be in the 60s, 70s. Wow. Yeah, he ain't doing that in 45. Yeah. That's now, yeah, five years from now. Yeah, I can't see him doing that. Those are the only Hall of Famers. Is it kind of alarming that there aren't, like, in college basketball, like, I feel it feels like there's kind of been, like, a stagnant. The guy was supposed to be Brad Stevens. 
Well, no, but I mean, like, even beyond Brad, like, the, there's, like, a stagnant, like, that, that era. The, the class of the next great college basketball coaches, we don't know who they are. I mean, Bill Self is getting there. Like, he's already but a I'd, I'd argue, But I argue that, like, he, he's, he's not new. Right. Well, the era it was supposed to be, I mean, the Sean Miller thing messed his, his thing up. But... Yeah, because Sean Miller be, would have been in that class. Yeah. And, I don't, you know, we'll see how his career goes. It was goes. supposed to be him. Post he was at Xavier and ESPN then story. early at Arizona. Brad Stevens at Butler. Shaka Smart at VCU. Shaka Smart's kind of been average at Texas so right. far, and that's messed up his shine. And Stevens went to the NBA when he was supposed to be the next great college basketball coach. And yeah, wow. So. You know who I think is probably the guy? Coming up. It's Greg Marshall. Greg Marshall, he's had plenty of opportunities to leave Wichita State, and that's I mean, what people are waiting for. If I'm looking at or who's like the top, and you know who else? Younger, youngish coach right now a guy in America. It's got to be. This guy's not young, but you'll appreciate this. Mark Few, of course, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, he doesn't get named in that. But he can't coach Team USA though. He's coaching him now. I mean, he he's has an connect. assistant, but yeah. he's not. He can't. He can't be the head coach. Yeah, he can't be him. Yeah, he can't. I mean, if he gets a national championship, now he becomes that. I mean, as Big a Gonzaga name. fan, I would love him to coach Team USA. And the I other name like, is Jay Wright, I think. Right, Jay is, Wright is right, getting there. Yeah, Wright is. I think he. Yeah, he's the guy. He I, might be yeah, the guy. over even Marshall. Yeah, where he's the new guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer, name, yeah. household name, unbelievable coach. I agree. Jay Wright is certainly that guy. Um, but I feel like this kind of in a dead period for a little while, where I think we felt like we had those guys before. Now it's kind of like it's Wright, and then I'm naming a bunch of guys who. I haven't never, won anything. Never won a championship. <laughs> yeah, I haven't won know? anything. But again, a lot of this is the final four, but the, the one and done has become like the same teams are kind of winning it. That's true. You know? You're not going to have new, new teams winning it. Villanova has done it. Yeah. So, but it's going to be just the same blue blood Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, Kansas. And then you're throwing, a, you know, Izzo at Michigan State. Right. You're throwing. Yeah. Uh, Izzo might, be a, Izzo might be a guy you could look at for Team USA. I don't know if I'd want uh, him. Izzo, he's too, uh, he's too shady. You know the stuff. His 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 resume. His resume got tainted with this whole Michigan State. That did scandal. not help him at all. That now he's lucky if he had the job. Yeah. Uh, four years from now, but it's uh, crazy. Him and D'Antonio survived that. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's uh, ha, whole, scolding hot take. Those guys only survived that because they had the perception of being nice men. If think, those guys were Kyle Perry, they would not have a job. Like Rick Pitino. or Rick Pitino. Yeah. And I'm not saying that those guys are any worse than those guys because, I mean, what we saw in those reports, I mean, did not paint them in a good light. But they they obviously have done a great job of perceiving themselves to be the honorable men. And they, they very well could be. And maybe they just didn't handle those situations well. Right. But, but but because of that, because of their history, and to be fair, maybe they deserve that. They deserve that benefit Second of the doubt. Chance, better than the doubt yeah. Right. Uh, whereas maybe someone like Patino does not deserve that benefit of the doubt because it's based on the various scandals he's been involved in. But at the same time, I do think that that's my, those guys would not have a job if they were Rick Patino. My one last, I don't think they, again, if they were like, even like Cal Parry, they wouldn't have a job. My one last take on this Team USA thing before we get to the slate is that I was telling our brother Henry that you look at the future of Team USA and the future of the NBA in general. And it goes back to what I was saying about there is no select team or anything, or there are no young players on this roster. All the best players, most of them aren't from America, which is alarming. A little alarming. You mean the best pl- young players? The best young players in the NBA going forward. You have Greek Freak yep, from Greece. Greece. I mean, you have Tatum, Mitchell, you know, Brown, Ingram, 
Devin Booker, who is there, he's probably the best young guy yeah. right now from America. Young Kevin Knox. Knox impossible. <laughs> no, I'm pointing uh, Kevin Knox in there already. Hey, well, all right, we'll throw Knox with no Carter, some of those guys. But, you know, Greek Freak, Jokic, your guy Porzingis, Embiid, Simmons, uh, DeAndre Ayton, Carlton Towns, Andrew Wiggins, RJ Barrett, who'll be there next year. Yeah. Luka Doncic, DeAndre Ayton. Most of these guys are from America. It's, yeah, there's like, yeah, no, I mean, we had our little day of reckoning when the the sixth place finish in the World Championships 03, and then the, I guess the, or 2002, I think that was, and then the, the disaster that was the 04 Olympics, the bronze finish. Yeah. And then they had another bronze finish in 06 when they kind of had LeBron and younger guys leading the team, and then now nah, they've gone this time undefeated for like 10 years, uh, when we've had all our guys, of course. But uh, but if it, it does feel like that day of reckoning is coming again, because like you said, when you line up the amount of the top guys in the league, like, like the best player like, in the world, like if, next it, best like, player like, in the world won't be from America. Right, I was gonna say if you look at the guys who are the top guys you just named, like like if like Embiid, Simmons, and and Giannis, if they were the top three players in the league four or five years from now, no one would be surprised. No, you know, so that's so that 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 puts together a pretty daunting. Look, where it's like, okay, now the good news is that, you know, AD was. Where's indeed from Cameroon? Like, they, yeah, they're not that Yeah, I mean, players. who else Who else isn't being playing with on Cameroon? You know, Thon Maker, you know, Greece. Ben Simmons. Yeah, Giannis. Who else is he playing? He's playing, playing with Danassis and yeah. Costas. And who else? Like, D League brothers. You know, uh, Australia, I'm not, you know, Andrew, Bo- 40 year old Andrew Bogey, is he yeah. been playing by the time Delhi is, is, a, is a beast or Delhi? Uh, you know. They'll Thon Maker dropping, guys. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes, they have uh, 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 Don good. Daniel Don Daniel Bryan Maker, <laughs> Don Nakamura, <laughs> Don, <laughs> Don Nakamura. Oh man! Um, so that's the Canada only Canada is the real threat. Canada's the problem. If Barrett or Shea Gilders Alexander or Wiggins develops or Jamal Murray, if any of those guys becomes still like have Tristan Thompson, a superstar. Like they're gonna have, and they're gonna have an NBA caliber team. They're gonna have a full NBA roster. When you're talking about like you know FIBA Americas and World Cups and Olympics, when you get get to a knockout stage, one game situation, I mean, could those guys beat the guys we'll have in one game situation? We've seen it on. We've seen we've seen Argentina and like random random teams beat USA, Greece. Yeah, and and we've seen guys like we've seen Canada beat Team USA. On like the youth level, exactly. you know, like that's a, that's a red flag. Now, obviously, Canada, they like team that team USA team didn't have every best guy from America, right? Which you would hope that the dream team then guys would develop and become that. But I mean, I remember Jamal Murray's team in the Pan Am Games beat Team USA. Like it's it's a uh, it's a, it's it's alarming if you're a fan of USA basketball. To feel like I'm gonna have to rest my uh, the future of American basketball and Devin Booker. I'm hoping LeBron just jumps back in that Lazarus pit and yeah. gives us another one or two more. We do have Bronny James coming out, who we'll talk about later. Oh yes, Bronny James, um, number one high school, number one 13 year old in the world. Yeah, exactly, number one seventh grader. Ah yeah yeah okay. Well, <laughs> we spent a lot of time on uh, Team USA. That was unscripted. Uh, let's get back to what we want to talk about to start the show today. And we're going to talk about uh, Golden State's Warriors star Kevin Durant, who continues to embrace his role as the NBA's wrestling heel. 
Uh, this week, he got into another not-so-friendly exchange, this time with an actual NBA player, an NBA star player, plays his guard, C.J. McCollum. It first started on C.J.'s podcast when McCollum criticized the Warriors for going after Boogie, saying that they really didn't need them, need him, only for Durant to kind of laugh off the situation and, and tell McCollum to his face that uh, the Blazers had never no chance of winning a championship, so he shouldn't be worried about anything. Yeah, it was funny. He, uh, McCollum said, like, Said something about, oh, you know, we were the three seed. You know, we were right there. And Durant was like, what did you guys play like in the playoffs? AC, right? Something like that. <laughs> I mean, Durant, I mean, Durant was wild disrespectful in that podcast. I know there are guys riffing each other. But, like, some of those Dur- shots were like. Yeah. I mean, he started when, like, McCollum tried to suggest that, you know, well, like, Boogie didn't have to go there. We could, we had plenty of cap room to sign him. We would have taken him. He said, oh, what, so now you don't want Nurkic? It was, you know, and, like, and my mom was like, no, I, I, of course I want Nurkic. I'm, saying we, I'm just saying we could have also got Boogie Cousins. He didn't have to go there. So uh, Durant already in his full heel, was in his full heel persona in this podcast. And after the podcast, you know, after word kind of got out about it and the audio got out, um, Barstool's Big Cat, shout out to Big Cat, uh, he tweeted at McCollum, uh, and McCollum responded about the interview saying that, Durant's move to the Warriors was, quote, soft, and then use an analogy about uh, Durant joining your brother's rival gang uh, who beat you up. Durant then responded on Twitter dismissing this analogy and called McCollum a, quote, snake in the grass. Uh, this, episode, this episode of Durant pettiness then continued into this mini camp that we were just talking about, Team USA, uh, where he was particularly combative and dodgy when asked about the situation with McCollum. He also did an interview with Yahoo Sports where he commented, commented on defending himself on social media. He told Sham Sharania the media is trying to make him look crazy. Uh, his quotes were, quote, I should shut the F up, right? He told Yahoo Sports, man, get out of the way. I done the work. Uh, I done showed what you what I do. I don't know why he's talking like this. I mean, he's in full wrestling persona. He doesn't have to talk like this. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I know y'all don't like me, but get out the way and let this, uh, let this ish roll. I really... I ain't want no smoke with nobody. I ain't want no problems with nobody. It's everybody's sentiments like, yo, sh- shut up, KD. I'm not talking. I'm just be seeing. I just being. I'm just being me. Everybody's just acting crazy. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to say what I've said before. Durant has had other issues this, this offseason with what I, what I consider bizarre behavior of going after people who criticize him. Yeah. Um. There, we didn't do it on the show. He went after like a 16 year old kid. Yeah, 17 year old kid who put, made an Instagram post saying that you know besides LeBron and Steph, these other star players don't make their teammates better. It was a post that had him, AD, Harden, I think Giannis, something like that. And he went after this kid. Went after the kid in the comments and then DM'd him, going after him again. Basically saying you're a kid. Shut up. Nobody cares about you. You're a loser. Um. And maybe people may say that sounds harsh. I'm not being. That's basically what he said. Like yeah. I'm not like. Give him a I'm not like jumping on him saying, oh, that's not what he said. taking it out of context. That's basically what he said to this kid, this little kid um, on social media, on Instagram. So I'm going to say what I've said before about Kevin Durant. And I don't mean to, you know, I'm sure if he heard this podcast, he'd come at me saying, shut up. You you, you do a podcast in your basement. Um, but I'm going to say what I've said before. And I don't mean it to be. Uh. I'm not, like I'm not trying to make I'm not I'm, curious, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to like make this like I'm trying to like exploit whatever is going on. Are we sure Kevin Durant's okay? 
And I keep saying that, and I and and and, and like there is something about exposing whatever the word is. I don't know what the word I'm trying to say is, but there is a word to there is something towards alluding to any kind of mental illness that is something we should be careful about. So I don't want to go that far, but when I see a young man who I've watched since he was 18 years old kind of operate in the media in public a certain way one thing changes he changes teams and to see him drastically change character and by all accounts he's still doing great work in the community he's a great teammate by all accounts he's still a great guy people who know him and are friends with him so it's not i don't know if it's a thing that we're seeing in private where he's changed i'm sure he's still the honorable person he's been throughout his entire career. We still, of course, had no issues with any kind of crime or anything like that. He's been an upstanding citizen. But when I see this, this, I mean, again, when, I, when I'm when i reading these quotes and I see the stuff he's doing, I mean, we watch wrestling. I watch wrestling every week. You watch wrestling. I mean, this is stuff I would, I feel like I would see out of a WWE superstar. Like, going after fans, going after a fellow colleagues, talking about how they're, they, they suck and they can't win anything. Like, to the point where I don't know. I wonder if Kevin Durant will ever really be okay with what happened with OKC. And I think in this interview he did with Sham, he kind of he kind of laid back the banana. He peeled back the banana, so to speak, as to what is his deal. Because I think everyone's kind of like, what's wrong with him? Like, what is he doing? And clearly, he the stuff he sees on social media about his move, the stuff calling him a snake, the stuff about him being soft. The stuff about him taking the easy way out to go to Golden State, it's clearly bothered him. And that's okay. It's okay for that stuff to bother you. What seems bizarre and seems concerning to me, why I asked the question, are we sure he's okay, is when you aggressive. I don't, I don't know if it's aggressively, because I don't want to overstate it, but when you seem to be very interested in your spare time and going after the people who say things about you on social media, it... The burn. We didn't even talk about the burner account situation. The weirdest thing that we've seen from a star athlete uh, in the last five years. Yeah, I've, I've never seen anything like that before. Where a star athlete is using a burner account to bash Westbrook, to bash the Thunder. The only weirder thing we've seen is the Brian Galanti, yeah, the GM. Yeah, the only weird stuff we see happen in sports right now is <laughs> involved with burner accounts, and the fact that one of them involved the second best player in the world, one of the best athletes in the world. I asked the question again, is Kevin Durant okay? And if I was part of his team, which is uh, maybe the what I'm more upset about, and maybe you should say, well, I shouldn't just take all the blame away from him. Because I think, I mean, obviously he deserves to be crushed for this. Like I told you yesterday, if this was LeBron doing this stuff, I would have barbecued him in a way that yeah. would have been worthy and, 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 and warranted. But it, been it, on a much bigger it, it does show you how much how further advanced and how more mature LeBron James is cuz he deals with 10 times more scrutiny I mean the most you can does. get on LeBron and the only thing he did was that the hand that thing. terrible what I would say the hand well, well, that hand was, thing was trash yeah, but that was t- the, the pettiest but, move he's uh, made but, in the last but I mean I'm talking about going after his critics was that ridiculous press conference after they lost right. to Dallas mm-hmm. and you got you're still going to be poor you're still going to be whack and I'm still going to be LeBron James that was trash that was a loser mentality situation and he would probably admit to that too. Um, I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't. But I'm, I'm sure he would say, I shouldn't have done that in hindsight. 
Yeah. Uh, just from a, 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 a otherwise, smart. LeBron has has stood. I got if there's anything I'm gonna give him credit for. He stood in the face of that heat and pretty much taken it. Whether win law and win lose a draw, he sat there. He takes it. He'll fight back every now and then. For the most part, he's not doing this Durant stuff. So that's where I go to his team. I think LeBron's team has done a great job with him as well. Not only just LeBron policing himself, but LeBron also. Rich Paul. Maverick. Rich Paul, Maverick. Those guys handle him. They treat him well. I think that's why he loves those guys so much. I was at Durant's team. Rock Nation. And I'm like, what, are you, climbing. what are you doing? What, what are they, why are they letting Durant? Durant is saying the media is making him look crazy. No, you're making yourself look crazy. No one is telling He's the only NBA player going after his own critics. Yeah. Literally, the only guy. And it's not people who are, like, tweeting at him. Or like getting in it's his comments, saying stuff. About it's just people on the ether of the internet, and then him finding them, and then comments on what they got to say. So where is his agent? Where is his management team that grabs his phone and says, "Yo, dude, what are you doing?" And that's a to me that's a, been a failure on their part. But far as just Durant stuff, man, I mean, I hope he's doing okay because this stuff looks soft. Um, and and for a guy who's so great, who's such a dominant player. It's just to me, it's sad. I, to me, as a basketball fan, to think that the sport that I love, this guy, is one that's supposed to be one of the 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 the, the, the Paul Bearer, so to speak, of the sport. Or maybe Paul Bearer is a bad word. I don't know. Pillars. Yeah, the pillars, the uh, torture, the the torch holders of the sport, and this is what he does on his regular basis. He's bashing his own critics, bashing other players. I mean, stuff is this stuff is why. What I'll say about Durant is that. Uh... I don't know if this was a complete, like, two-face, Jekyll and Hyde change of personality. Because I think we saw, one, we saw signs of sort of the insecurity about the media in OKC. You know, we saw when he would attack Skip Bayless. It's true. Or when he would, for saying stuff about Westbrook, saying stuff about him. We saw when he would attack uh, reporters when they would go after Westbrook or insinuate that him and Westbrook had some sort of beef. Uh, and then even the this tough guy persona that he's trying to put out there, we saw a little. We lost. We saw some signs of that right before he left OKC. Mm-hmm. We started to act a little more aggressive. We we sort of realized like what's Durant is trying to. Yeah, he's going after Dwight Howard. Yeah, I he's going after Dwight. I yeah, think he started to get teed out more. Fouls. Yeah. Now he's getting on a regular yeah, basis. Yeah. Now I mean he'll get ejected probably three four times a year. Yeah. Um. So like, and he went. I mean that 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 was the start of like this is totally opposite of what we saw from the guy when he was first in OKC and he didn't really say much he was uh kind of a model NBA superstar and now that's changed but again these signs have been there from even before he got to Golden State it's just now been turned up to 100 um and the the social media stuff that none of that was there uh, no that 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 came from out of left field, um, but I definitely feel like you can tell something's off. Um, I, I look at the situation that of him going to Golden State and the flack that he's caught, and I think I may have said this before, but I don't know if he'll I don't know if he'll truly get over whatever he's got right now until he leaves Golden State. I agree. And you know, as a basketball fan, I don't mean that to say that I want him to leave Golden State so that, you know, the league can be good again or that the Celtics have a chance of winning a championship. But that also would would be ideal. But um, 
but I feel like he's got to, it's not necessarily, I don't think like, because some people may say he's got to go back to OKC. I don't think he's got to go back to OKC. I just think he's got to get out of Golden State and win there or win wherever else he is, whether it's D.C., whether it's the Knicks, whether it's the Nets, uh, whether it's uh, the Bulls, whoever. He's got to go to another team and just get out of the Golden State shadow because right now he's a, he's the laughing stock in terms of superstars of the league. I agree. I you said use the word laughing stock. Um, I saw one NBA reporter, and then he went after this NBA reporter. It's crazy. I, to be fair, this guy I think was commenting on his retweet or something like that, uh, but said that like CJ's only saying what eighty five percent of his peers had said about his move to Oklahoma City to, to Golden State. He's not saying anything that's out of left field or whatever. Yeah. And Durant went after him. But, and like, it, but like, I, I do agree. When you say that he's a laughing stock, like, I think people know this guy is a bad dude. They know his game is crazy. They know he's one of the, he's the second top three player in the world. Yeah. They all know that. But I do think they look at him, and they look at him different. And I think he knows that. And I think that's why you see this defensive attitude. I think that he's someone who Durant, I think, and I've always said, in his heart of hearts, this guy is a hooper. Like, he's not into Hollywood. He's not into, you know, commercials. He's not into the other stuff doesn't really matter. This guy, and if you read his story, which I have from when he was a young kid, this guy is all about basketball, all about hoops, all about the respect for the game. So when you consider how much that means to him, the idea that there are people who – Look at his basketball integrity and take shots at it. That's a personal affront to him. So in some ways, now the behavior is shocking, but his response to that, those, those, yeah, those kind of feelings make sense when you consider, like, I don't know, I can't just throw another guy out there, but if this was, I don't know. I mean, we're going to talk about the guy next. If this was Carmelo Anthony, um, Carmelo Anthony has seen, again, I think worse treatment. And he's only done subtle shots yeah, people at people. Qu- I mean, people question every year. Melo only cares about the money. He right. He, about gets, winning. I mean, and he doesn't care about basketball. He cares about the money. And Melo's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Melo's like, I don't care. Like, and like, not to say that Melo doesn't also care about hoops. He absolutely does. But he won't get offended by you saying that. He, Melo has a bigger outlook of his life, and he thinks of things differently than just basketball. He yeah. always has. So, talking about Melo's game, while it's frustrating him, we will talk about that next. It's not going to be the—I don't think it's going to be the personal affront that it is to Durant. I think they're just different people. Uh, I'm trying to think of someone else who could fit in that uh, landscape. If it was Shaq, I don't think Shaq—like Shaq would—he'd get into it because he looks like being petty. But it wouldn't—but it wouldn't be the personal affront that this thing is to Durant. That his basketball integrity is questionable. Because of that move, and he can't take it. Yeah, and and again, when you know who he is, it 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 somewhat makes sense. The behavior doesn't make sense, but his feelings about it makes sense. I just hope that someone in his team can get to him and say, "Look, dude, you're a great player. You're one of the greatest athletes in the world. You've reached your you done you you made your childhood dream come true. You've won an NBA championship. You've won two. You've been a Finals MVP. These people in reality don't matter like and i hate to say that that like harshly but from like durant's standpoint they're not taking any money out of his pocket they're not affecting his 
his family life, they're not really affecting much of anything. Maybe, you know, if he goes to a bar, someone will say, hey, Durant, you you suck. But but outside of that, his life has not really changed much. So that, and these guys aren't affecting his game. So why engage? Like just, it's, 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 it's a waste of energy when he could be doing something way more positive. You know, I'm not saying he should just always be playing basketball, always, you know, he should be going to church every time he's not playing hoops. I'm just saying this kind of, this kind of stuff only makes him look worse. And he keeps doing it because he, he keeps thinking he someone has to defend himself. Like, no one's defending him. So that's why he's doing it. But I don't think he understands that this doesn't make him look better. None of, no one looks at this and says, oh, yeah, you know no. what? Durant's got a point yeah. with what he's saying. No one. No, no. And I don't know. One, does Durant feel like... Like if Durant had one, my, my one question is if Durant had another choice, another chance to make that same choice, does he go back to Golden State? My guess is yes, but I'm not one hundred percent positive. Does he go back to Oklahoma? City? No, I mean like if he can oh, go back in time and go to still, Golden State. Would he still go to Golden State? I mean, I probably, think he does. Still, but I mean, it. This is this has been a very uncomfortable time for Kevin Durant. He he's clearly bothered by what has happened. Because of his move. And then I also asked, maybe this was good to kind of get under the microscope, get, you know, uncover and get in the micro- under the microscope of Kevin Durant and kind of see behind. Because we didn't, I mean, like, we, we didn't saw know, signs of this. We, yeah, stuff. we didn't know much. We didn't know much about him. No. Nah. Because, again, he's not really about that. He's yeah. about basketball. Right. Which I've always loved about him. Yeah. I like that he's not Hollywood. I like that. He's just like, yo, I'm just a hooper. I want to go out there and just play hoops, give him 30, yeah. walk out with a W. That's kind of been his attitude since he was at Texas, since he was in high school. And and that's why I think a lot of fans loved about him, honestly, before this move, when he was a, a fan favorite. Um, and now what, what he's what what he's become. And like and Durant has to realize that, yeah, there are always gonna be people that clown you. And LeBron, I'm sure, has told him this, but like they they're close, very close friends. If he would have handled his move like LeBron handled Miami, which was I made my decision, can't do anything about it. Now I just got to move forward and not think about the fact that I went to Miami. Then it wouldn't be it wouldn't be an issue. People yeah, forget D- about Durant. It. He's putting this into the the headlines again. Yeah, this conversation. Oh. This conversation really only happens in in the ethers of Reddit NBA. Yeah, and on like comment sections, yeah, like the whole Twitter. is Durant soft for going to Golden State thing is no longer a story no. and, until he does this stuff, exactly, and then it becomes a story again, exactly. So, like we stopped talking about is LeBron, LeBron moved to Miami week after the first year, yeah, and you know like they maybe it comes up when they win because you're like oh he won but yeah matter. who does it matter and after that we were done with it yeah exactly because he won the second it, time it like, passes. Who cares? you can't change time it's like well this is the situation let's just move on and again it was the same thing those comments still are kind of in the the, the lexicons of yeah you know people you know, still NBA bring it up like that'll in especially in the LeBron Jordan debate but I mean we're talking about LeBron to the Lakers right now. We've talked about LeBron playing on the, the weak Cavs for the last two months. We haven't talked about LeBron in Miami. We've is, way moved on from that for years. And if if you're Durant, now that's the move is still not that far removed. But at this point, we shouldn't be talking about 
whether or not that was a that was a soft move. I mean, McCollum referenced it because Durant was acting crazy on his podcast, and people asked him about it. Yeah, and and then and that that's why to end this topic, I go back to his <laughs> team. I go back to his agent. I go back to his management team because they should see. They should know that. Like me and you are not. I mean, you are in sports management, but you're not. You don't have a degree yet. Um, right. I've never done any sports management, and so I know I have a journalism degree, master's degree, but like. We didn't go to school to understand, you know, public relations. Like, it, it, it's very obvious. You could look at what happened to LeBron and see, okay, this is why that stuff really doesn't matter anymore and why he is looked at the way he is now and how that's a great job by him and his team. And you look at the Rand and see, this is how they're handling it. This is why this thing keeps coming up over and over again. Because, unfortunately, he's almost like the president, where it's like he can't put his phone down and he can't yeah, stop looking say, at what people are saying him. about him. And that's... And, and that's why this is going to continue to be a thing. And that's why, I again, I get at his team because to me, I think, clearly, he's very bothered by this. The fact that they keep letting him feed into that shows that they don't know what the hell they're doing. I, I, I'll call it 100. Like I, To me, if you're letting... You, rock you're letting... Look, shout out to Hove. Um, shout out to J. Cole, of course. Um, and anyone who works at Rock Nation Sports because uh, they've done great jobs with other athletes. How they've handled Durant, I think this has been a disaster. Like it's a disaster that in the middle of July, he's the number one topic on everyone's sports talk podcast, everyone's radio shows, everyone's A block on the, these sports TV shows because he's fighting some other NBA player about his move to the Warriors. Yeah, that like that's that like no one can tell me, and no one from Rock Nation, I don't care who they were, if they were on the show, they can tell me this is good for our brand. That's terrible for your brand. Yeah, this only makes Durant look bad. So I will say, yes, they don't know what the hell they're doing if they're letting him do this over and over again. Durant, I'm sure Durant, I mean, he's probably what relatively popular amongst other NBA players. I'm sure he has plenty of NBA friends that aren't superstars. But he also does probably mingle with most superstars around the league. It's just if you're at the USA Basketball, if you're at the All-Star Game. He's like the guy because LeBron's out there. Yeah, especially now that that LeBron's out there, he's he's the alpha dog. Steph's not there. Um... So when I look at that and I say to myself, does Durant, he might have this perception that, oh, McCollum feels this way, but McCollum's attacking me, but other NBA players. Because I've heard Kyrie talk about Durant. He says he loves the move that he made. He's like, that's my boy. He can do whatever he wants. You know, I'm glad that he, he, he made the decision that was best for him. I'm sure, other, I'm sure other star players have said similar sentiments besides Westbrook and probably Harden. But, <laughs> but, um, but I wonder if... Those guys are only saying that because they're also star players that also have that similar pressure. But if that that also re- may want to do the same move, yeah, exactly. I look at Kyrie. I'm like, nah, that's not a good move, Kyrie. <laughs> you don't want to leave. But, um, but I, but then I wonder if that is actually a miscue. He may have a miscued view or perspective of what the rest of the NBA feels. That maybe someone more in McCollum's right. light and lower and worse than McCollum, they might feel like, yeah, that that move was weak. But that of everyone, his real colleagues, his peers, the top guys, that yeah. they all understand what he did. And, like, Colin Cowherd, you know, I always say I listen to the rivals. And Colin Cowherd, <laughs> we look at it as an obvious rivalry between us. <laughs> um, <laughs> he made a good point where, like, McCollum probably didn't like the move because it made guys like him more irrelevant. And, I, I mean, he's a great player. He's a very, very, very good player. But... He's got no relevance in the NBA lexicon right now. Yeah, because like he has no chance. Like Durant, like said, has no chance of winning a championship. And 
if for the Joe Schmo, the average Joe Schmo, they probably don't know who TJ McCollum is because his team never been to the conference finals, never sniffed making it to the conference finals, and their team isn't relevant in the NBA championship picture. You know, all these guys know LeBron, Durant, Steph, Harden, Chris Paul, Kyrie, James Harden, James Harden, even DeMar DeRozan. You know, yeah. guys that guys that probably now, are. Now, Jason Tatum. Yeah, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Those yeah. guys, are, Terry Rozier is a bigger name than CJ McCollum. Right. And that's because he competed for an NBA championship. Exactly. So, those guys, McCollum probably feels like, man, I'm better than Terry Rozier. But they, he gets talked about on first take every day because someone <laughs> like Kevin Durant ruined my chance of ever competing yeah. for a championship. So, that kind of stuff, those guys are probably the guys that resent Durant more. But I feel like that's probably 75% of the league. Um,. Staying on the topic of uh, of athletes, NBA players talking about themselves, uh, Carmelo Anthony also talked about his situation, speaking in an interview with Jamel Hill for the Undefeated. Uh, he also weighed in on his future and his time with the Thunder, along with his current situation, which is right now a member of the Atlanta Hawks because they haven't officially weighed them yet, right? Or did they? I don't know. Uh, I don't believe I believe it went through. Well, the trade went through. I don't think they waived him yet. Okay, the trade is official. I think he's still a member of the Hawks right now. Uh, someone said that he should play one game of the Hawks. Like what she was. Uh, yo, I was yo funny. I was just about to say this reminds me of you always have those trades in NBA history where like a guy is on a team for like a star player or a Hall of Famer is on a team for like a day for like a game. Like that. I was saying Rasheed Wallace. Uh, Alonzo Mourning was on the Raptors when he got traded. I didn't remember. That. Yeah, he got traded from the Nets to he the played, Raptors. He played the game for the Raptors. No, he never played. Oh, he, man. He, he refused to play. It was an all-season <laughs> trade. He was like, I'm never playing a game in Toronto. They cut him. He ended up back in Miami. That's crazy. But, and I, I thought about Mike Piazza playing for the uh, playing for the Marlins. Yeah, he was on the Marlins. Yeah, he played there for like a week. <laughs> and then he was on the Nets. Um, and it, it, this is for the basketball hoop fans, uh, video game hoop fans. Uh, NBA ballers. You ever played NBA ballers? It's the weirdest thing. Rasheed man. Wallace is on the Atlanta Hawks. I don't know how that's possible. Well, it's, I think what happened is they had a they, like just like all these games. There's a roster deadline where like okay, at a certain point this is your roster, and like that time it wasn't like today where the rosters update every day yeah. basically or every couple of days like 2K or but how NBA long Live. was he on the Hawks? He he played like he was only there for like two days. He played one game. It was against the Nets. I remember because yeah. I watched it and I was like. He was playing for the Hawks. Yeah. And then he got traded. I was like, yo, he played a game for a team and then got traded. Like, I'm just wondering, like, what was that locker room like? What was that, like, what was their game plan like? Like, okay, so she, I know you don't know, you don't know any of the plays. You may get traded by halftime. And you may get traded by halftime, but, like, we're going to try to run the team through you. Like, that'd be so weird. But if you play that game, Rasheed Wallace, it's an NBA game where, like, NBA star players play one on one, street ball kind of style of game, arcade game. And, and Rasheed Wallace, his jersey is the Atlanta Hawks. And then, like, if he's only there for two days, was, like, did they make the game in that two-day period? I, I, I guess at a certain point, they could they had it. they had to just hand in whatever they had. Like, that's the only thing I can think of, is that at a certain point, whatever they had, they had to hand in. They couldn't update I feel anything. like these games probably, like you said, aren't nearly as sophisticated. So they probably felt like, you know, oh, man, you know, we handed in, like you said, we handed in this roster, you know, two weeks ago that had Rasheed Wallace on the Hawks, but... The developer can't just the guy who's actually making the game can't just say, "Oh, well, he's on the Pistons now, so let's instead put him on a Pistons jersey." They probably felt oh, too late. I'm going with on the sheet. That's just crazy to me that like they couldn't. It's crazy they couldn't do it. But again, the roster deadline at we that have, time, we have to get it was that was it. Like you couldn't do anything once we, it happened. We have to get uh, the developer of NBA Balls on the show just to talk about that snafu. Yeah, because that's like 
That I feel like that's an underground like mystery that everyone, no one, everyone's yeah. like, what was that about? <laughs> like, why was he on the Hawks? Like, if he would've been on the Blazers, it would've been like, okay, like you didn't get the roster in time, but like you know, he played his own most of his career with. Yeah, the Yeah, there was plenty of time when they that that couldn't have happened. But like, <laughs> he was in the team for like three days, and that's the three days that they couldn't change the roster, and he had to be handed in. And they, money. Why did they put him on the game? Yeah, I know, right? Like, as soon as I was always the host, I, I ain't putting him on there. He ain't going to be on there for more than a couple minutes, probably. So, anyway, that's a very funny story. Speaking about Melo right now on the Atlanta Hawks. Kendall's not looking up. Rasheed Wallace. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> on the Atlanta Hawks. It's so weird to see him in that jersey. But, um, but Melo, uh, he talked about a lot of things. Um, one of the things, some of the things I found interesting, his defiance about being traded or waived. Uh, but his, his eyes, he says that that kind of player movement is the, quote, new norm. He also talked about being, quote, hurt by the way people perceive his game now and saying that a lot of people just take the last six months. Uh, that's what you start to become. This That becomes your story. For me, out of all the work I put in in the NBA, wins, losses, points scored, whatever, to be judged off of six months over a year of a year, shat, overshadowed 15 years of what you've accomplished, that was hurtful uh, to him. He also repeated claims that the OKC Thunder didn't have enough time to implement him into the team. And that, uh, and that it was a bad fit. And he also uh, repeated claims that he will not come off the bench, saying, quote, I know how to play this game of basketball. I've been playing it for a long time. When I feel like I'm ready to take that role, then I'll take it. Only I know when it's best for me to take that role. I'm not going to do that in a situation where I know I still I know, I still know my capabilities and what I can do. So Melo Defiant, while the bench, uh, blaming That's- OKC for not – not being able to implement him, saying they didn't have enough time. That's bad, man. And what was the other big takeaway? Oh, and he's hurt by how people look at him now, saying that the last six months shouldn't overshadow his career. That sounds like a guy that I don't want on my team. You know, as a <laughs> so you're now fan, are you alarmed now for the Rockets because it seems like that's where he's gonna go, and this is what <laughs> this is what he's saying in his last interview. The Rockets <laughs> are in a position where they have to make the move. I mean, if I was Daryl Moore, I would also make the move because. Where else are you going to get a guy that could average 15 points a game for a team that's lost? Trevor Ariza, Luke Richard Mbamute, has yet to re-sign Clint Capella, which is still weird. But um, where else are you going to get that guy um, on the open market? And the Warriors just brought in market cuts. So if they're going to take that risk, you're going to have to take a risk in Carmelo Anthony. I understand it, but I would be concerned. Um, How do you think Mike D'Antoni's looking at <laughs> these comments? He's, I don't know. It's, I guarantee you it was not favorably. I, my concern is his warped view on his skill set right now. And just not even his skill set, but just because I'm sure all these guys are confident in their ability. They all think they're great. But his inability to mesh with the team concept, the, t- the team concept is, again, alarming because I look at, he says, you know, my skills are above that level of coming off the bench. Or what do you say? He said, I know how to play this game of basketball. Yeah. I've been playing it for a long time. I, I know how to play this game of basketball. You know who else knows how to play the game of basketball? Marcus Smart comes off the bench. <laughs> Terry Rozier comes off the bench. Dennis Schroeder just got traded for you. He's not going to say, oh, I know I, I know how to play a game of basketball, so I better be in the starting backcourt <laughs> of Westbrook. No. Paul George calling the best backup point guard in the league. Nothing, nothing, to, be, nothing to be ashamed of. Um... You know, Manu Ginobili know how to play the game of basketball for years. He's starting to forget. <laughs> no, no disrespect to Manu. <laughs> but um, he was the best six man in the league 
and Hall of Fame career. Yeah, Hall of Famer. Mostly being a six man. Yeah, coming off the bench. So that idea of and look, he 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 sounds like and if you if you're so like I I don't want to come off the bench. I mean even Isaiah Thomas who in Boston was very much I I want to start I need to start which is why he eventually took the starting spot from Smart, um, signed with Denver, knowing he's gonna be the backup. There was an article this week where he talked with Woj a conversation that they had and he talked about how. They that the Nuggets told him you're gonna be the backup. You know, Mike Malone told told him, look, I, Jamal Murray's a point guard of the future. He's our point guard. You have to be willing to come off the bench. He was like, well, what other options do I have? Call up Danny Ainge of all people, uh, trying to get a trying to get a spot on the Celtics roster, which would have been interesting. But Isaiah Thomas willing to come off the bench in Denver. You know who else is aware of their abilities and their spot amongst the league? Vince Carter. Right. Vince Carter last year, EJ signed with the Sacramento Kings. You know why? He said it feels like it, he felt like they gave him the best chance to play. This year, signed with the Atlanta Hawks. People were very frustrated. A lot of people were like, I care about Vince Carter winning a championship right. more than Vince Carter cares about winning a right. championship. People would have been like, yo, you could have signed with Golden State, and we would have been cool with it. You would have been the one guy in the league that if he would have signed with Golden State, would have <laughs> been like, good. Yeah, good no, for, I would have been happy for him. Good, good yeah. for Vince. Good for this guy. And he was like, no, I'm going to play for the worst team in the league, the Atlanta Hawks. They have nothing going for them besides Trey Young. Why? Because he knows I can get on the court with this team. Right. One of the few teams in the league where Vince Carter can probably be a viable player. I'm sure if he went to Golden State, probably wouldn't be more than the 11th man. <laughs> and now I, I I feel like anybody at Golden State could look good, so they could get him on the court and he'll still be effective. But he probably feels like I'm gonna be in the playoffs and I'm not. They can't play me because I can't defend or whatever. Yeah. And he doesn't want to be in that situation. Fine for Vince. But he's not saying I'm not. I'm. I'm only gonna start. But I'm. I'm gonna sign with the Rockets and expect to get a starting spot. He understands. Look, I can't start on Golden State. I might. I might not be able to play on Golden State. I right. can't start on the Celtics. I might not be, be a, worth a roster spot. Why? Why does Melo feel like I've got to get? And, and Vince signed for two million dollars. Why does Melo feel like I got to get all my money? I've got to. I'm worth this twenty. I'm, I'm worth this twenty-seven million dollars. I'm, I'm, worth, 20, I'm worth being the number one option. I'm, I'm worth the starting spot, number one option, and I want to compete for a championship. You can't get all of that. Yeah. Not unless you're LeBron. Not unless you're Durant. Not unless you're a max player. Yeah. On a great team that that's worth that. Kyrie's worth that. Those type of guys are worth that. You can pick one or the other. You can get your twenty-seven million dollars and be willing to come off the bench. If you're not willing to come off the bench. You you might be able to start on a bad team, or you might be able to start on a good team, but make very very little money. You yeah. gotta do you gotta pick one or the other. OKC might have been willing to work with him, had he not opted in. They may have said, "Oh, we'll bring you back if you're willing to take." Or had minimum. he not in the exit interview say, "I'm not, I'm not going willing, on the I'm yeah, not going exactly. off the bench." If he had a better mind, you know, he had a better <laughs> exact mindset, words. <laughs> if he had a better mindset, they might have been willing to work with him. But they realize this guy is not willing to. Sh- work around the team concept. So that's why he's gone. That's why I'm, I'd be alarmed if I were a GM. Um, in many ways, I kind of wish the Rockets had no interest in him because... That would be a, these, that'd be a sign. Well, the reason why I say that is because I think he's very lucky because, I mean, the Rockets have, like, no small forwards. So he kind of has to start. Yeah. But I kind of would have been interested to see what would have happened if, like, the Rockets were actually now we're going to go another direction. Like, where was he going to go? Like, where was he going to go where he was going to get guaranteed a starting spot, compete for a championship, 
and like still get his touches and like what team is that i can't think of anything uh i think he got kind of lucky that the rocket situation the other team turned that out the way it would have been the other team that won him was the miami heat and well, he's guaranteed to start in that team apparently Spolster really wanted him they were he really good. wanted him i'm saying he he would have started all 82 they would have played the season I mean, out. I mean, they wouldn't have realized from this guy. James Johnson's got some athleticism. I mean, he does. He plays defense that Melo doesn't. It's him. They would have. They would have kept James I mean, Johnson Justin on the bench. Winslow. Where's Justin Winslow playing? It's not impossible for me to see Melo, veteran guy, supposed to coach LeBron and D Wade, and D Wade probably still be on the team. I could see. I mean, D Wade was even willing to come off the bench for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like these guys aren't delusional. Like, I think that's the one thing that would concern me about Melo in these comments is the the lack of self-awareness and self-realization of what went what happened last year. Uh, I think it's pretty concerning to me, and this is someone who's been a Carmelo Anthony fan his entire career, how little responsibility he takes for how he played last year. Have you ever heard him once say anything about how bad he, he played last year? Nope. Not one, I mean, and I, I obviously he's calling Anthony. I was following him a lot in the thun, with the Thunder. If you guys can think of something, five, feel free to tweet me or comment me on Instagram, whatever. Tell me. Oh, uh, actually, no, EJ, he did say something about the fact that he was struggling or blah blah. I remember him talking about his struggles, but him saying, oh, "I gotta work it out" or whatever. Or I'm still trying to figure out this role. Like I never once saw him say, "Man, my jump shot was off this year. Uh, I don't have the same lift." I mean, you know, I'm not expecting <laughs> him to say that, but the fact that like even. To this day, he's going back to how he can't understand why people are just taking the last six months of what he did, and it's like he's like, in what point, in what sport, and when ha- in the sport, in the conversation of talking about sports, have we ever seen a guy have a bad season and then we just say, okay, forget about that though. Let's talk about the fact that Melo in two thousand eleven led the league in scoring. Like that's not how we talk about sports. Like why does he think that? We should just erase what happened last year and not talk about the fact that he looked like a declining player. Or the year before when Nick fans who were watching and paying attention saw he was still declining, even when his numbers were decent. Like, like that to me is a little bit concerning for a guy who didn't talk about anything about injuries, didn't talk about anything about uh, about being tired or anything like that. Because to me, like, if there was some situation with that, maybe I'd, say, I'd give him a little bit of a break. I'd say, okay, if he was dealing with injuries, like, you know, we don't love the injury excuse, but, I mean, if you're really hurt and that's bothering your game, that's something that's credible. He, he's just talking. He, he, he's, just, he's not explaining himself. His, his explanation is they had, they didn't, I didn't fit. They didn't fit. They didn't fit me in. Yeah. I was brought in too late in training camp. They had a whole training camp. I mean, I know training camp was shortened and, like, I he get all that, very late into camp, yeah. but like very still, late like like he had a full training camp and a full season. Yeah, like there are teams and who make trades he, late, do make trades at the trade deadline, and, yeah. and fit those guys in, and yeah. they're playing well. The fact that the whole, he's making an excuse that he didn't get in early enough in training camp for the whole season and he, of why he struggled, and he looked worse as the season went on. Right. So they did they further not understand how to use him as the season got. On? I, I think, How did that, why did that explain his terrible second half? Yeah. I mean, look, do I think that Billy Donovan, who, by the way, is also the other guy in college basketball that should have been that guy. That's true. Who left. Uh, but, regardless, do I think that Billy Donovan, it may be a little in over his head? That's maybe a little strong. But do I think Billy Donovan misused 
uh, Carmelo Anthony, and then I look at maybe someone like Brad Stevens and say, I, it was like, it was a luxury for Isaiah Thomas to get traded to the Celtics and play so good initially because he got traded to Brad Stevens. Probably, you know, I think it, Billy Donovan do the best didn't do the best job using Melo. I don't know if Mike D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni will do a better job, but uh, at the same time, it's also on Melo to be able to be effective. Mm-hmm. You know, Billy Donovan isn't the one telling Melo, you know, wave off Westbrook and Paul George and take the the last shot. Billy Donovan's not the one missing the wide open threes that he's getting in the playoffs. That's 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 Melo, man. Not playing defense. You know, oh, what, yeah. what, is, what does fit have to do with Melo not being able to guard anybody? Like, what does fit have to do with, again, Melo airballing, th- like, three threes in a span of, like, the last four minutes of a game, of a close game that the war done the need to win? What does that have to do with fit? Like, Melo, I'm glad, I like, in one sense, I think it's great that he, he ha- like, this defiant attitude kind of reminds me of that, like, that animal who's, like, cornered and, like, is going to fight for his life to keep his footing for some degree in some degree i respect that as an athlete as a competitor i like that mel is is yeah he cares because a lot we talked about earlier a lot of people didn't think he did so that he cares that much i love that what i don't love is the lot again the lack of self-awareness for what he how he contributed to his own perception the perception that people have of him he's acting like he had nothing to do with it that's what I don't understand, and that's why this whole situation and how he's explained himself in these quotes I thought was uh, bizarre. But uh, he's Houston's problem now, so uh, good luck, Mike D'Antoni. I'm sure it'll be fun coaching him a second time in a round. Oh, yeah, him saying will. that he's not ready. Only he knows when he's ready to be on the bench. Yeah. Only he knows. No one else knows. <laughs> a coach who <laughs> watch him play, watch him practice doesn't know, but only he knows. When he's ready to take on a lesser role. There are literally... I mean, like you said, the Rockets are the only team that have any shot of contending for a championship that Melo that would on. That would need him. Or yeah. that would, like... That would be interesting. Willing to give him a starting spot. That's why I look at him and I'm like, I wonder what... Ha- I would have loved to have seen what happened if the know, Rockets didn't want him. Like, if the like if Melo, if, if Melo were on the Celtics... He's coming off the bench. Yeah, he'd What's be fighting if- for Marcus Morris's 10th <laughs> man spot. Yeah. 10th man minutes. That we might have to dump Marcus Morris because he might not have enough minutes to play. Like Melo would barely be in the rotation, and this guy is talking about. I mean, look, like you said, he's lucky that Houston is legitimately competing for a championship, and like you said, needs him to feel like they have a shot. Kendall, you talked about uh, some league just ended. Uh, there was some. There was an interesting post on RealGM.com. Shout out to them. Yeah. Man. Uh, they, the, uh, who was the writer on this? Uh, Keith Smith. Keith Smith. He's a. He's been. He's been on the come up in terms of NBA, being an NBA insider reporter. He kind of was an underground guy, but he's starting to become more and more mainstream. And every year he does. He compiles his his summer league notes from every team, and this is just the Eastern Conference that he's come out with this week. Next week, I'll, we'll probably do the Western Conference. But um, he goes around. He talks to scouts. You know, guys that work for the team, executives, coaches, or whatever. Uh, at the summer league and ask them and to give their opinion on guys they've drafted, the offseason moves they've made, players on their team, young players on their team, and uh, or things that happened last season. And there were some stuff that I thought was interesting. Obviously, I mean, I'll start with the Knicks because, you know, you're a Knicks fan, EJ, and okay. I'm sure we have some Knicks fans listening. Um, they asked about Kevin Knox. They asked the, the Knicks rep, whoever this guy was, 
He said, uh, no one is booing now. Yeah. <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Can I say something real yeah. quick? Yeah. Why is there a section of Nick fans or Nick followers or whatever on Twitter, <laughs> Nick whatever, on Twitter, that are trying to act like people weren't booing him? There is. There is an active campaign of people saying, don't take that idiot that was on ESPN. He was the only guy booing. Oh no, he was—they was getting booed. I mean, now, why, why, like, why, like, why, like? I feel like this is like the Trump inauguration. Why are yeah. we, why are we now denying what yeah, obviously happened? Now, what I'll say is, I don't. I thought the Porzingis booing was more vigorous. Like this felt, yeah, more, there, yeah, this, this felt more playful. Like it was, it was disappointment, but it wasn't like right. We we screwed up. This looked more like Jets fans booing at the at <laughs> right. Where they they booed no matter who it's it is. Like, they we be Barry Sanders. It's they like, like we don't really know Kevin Knox, so we're like Porzingis was like. They you know, we ang- just drafted the next angry. bust. Yeah, yeah like, were, what are we doing? Like, because, like, I mean, Celtics fans booed Jalen Brown when we drafted him at, in, like, the Boston Garden. Like, it wasn't, like, but it was, like, whatever. Who cares, you know? You kind of realize, like, most guys are going to get booed. They don't draft their guy, yeah. which was Michael Porter. Right. So, yeah, he got Because he's the guy they heard of. Yeah, basically. Yeah. That's what I, I love about people at the draft. Like, they don't know, like, 95% <laughs> of the people. And that they, they have to be and one yet guy. They, they, that they feel the need to either cheer or boo. <laughs> like that's what I don't get. It's like my thing is if you like they they were like college basketball sweaties. Yeah. Shout out to uh, R. I. P. to John Snap to use the word sweaties as his term. Um. And and they were and, and you know and then they wanted to boo. I'd be like, okay. I don't know why you're booing. Like Evan Knox is pretty yeah. good, but okay. Like if you but, look at the I game, think you think why, ridiculous. That's also why the poor thing is one made more sense because like they had the number four pick. There were some big names. They never heard of this guy. Paulie Stein, Winslow. Yeah, they never <laughs> they heard of this guy. They never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Moody was the number one player coming out of high school. It, like, made sense that, like, this would be the guy they'd be upset about. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, anyway, that sorry to cut you off. But, yeah, yeah that's, that's a thing like, on Twitter. People don't think that they, anyone booed Kevin Knox. So I'm like, okay. You know, the guy who talked about Knox, he's like, the league is in a spot where if you don't have a bunch of guys who can create their own shot and switch on anyone, you won't win. He said Knox is, is huge. He's 6'9", has great strength, but he's also very quick. And he's ideal for what they're building, so. Uh, I I agree with that, Nick Shrap. Maybe it was maybe. Are you sure they didn't talk to me? They, they right. didn't want to ask my opinion about what what Knox is doing. I mean, yeah, Knox Knox is a he looks like a, a perfect player for this day's NBA. Talked about you know, Mario Hazonia thinks they have a uh, thinks he has a ton of ability, um, but he's only really showed it in short bursts. But he thinks that the guy needs a fresh start, and that he feels he has the attitude to fit in New York because he wants to be great. I, I, I have if there's anything I've seen from Mazonia, I do I've I've liked him. Just yeah, him. I don't know about his yeah. game, but like what I've seen from him, how he talked about the city, how he talked about Fizz, how he talked about his own game, the playful thing he's had with Frank with the Croatia French. Yeah. I think he has to come training camp with a full French uniform now. I think that's oh, that's, right. that's the uh, it looked like uh it looked like uh Antoine Griezmann even more. Yeah, Griezmann. <laughs> yeah, well, <I> <laughs> he thinking, already looks like him. Yeah, I was thinking about Paver, but yeah, Griezmann is even better. Um so I, I yeah I, I do think that makeup wise I think he's good for New York City I agree, uh, and there was other thing they talked about Porzingis how, you know his recovery is going great and that they may try and sign him to the deal Embiid did which was very, uh, that would be incentive smart. based in terms I don't of, know if he'll sign it yeah that, that's what, we don't <laughs> so know if we'll be able to think, get him on that I don't the way his brother be talking I don't think his brother is going to be going for that but, but I would I would love if he did that. Uh, but I don't know. Were there any other teams that you were interested in hearing about in the Eastern? Um, in the Eastern Conference? Uh, I thought one thing that was interesting was the Pacers. They were talking yeah. about Old Depot, and the, they asked the guy asked him on to, to go on Old Depot becoming a star. He was like, 
uh, which we all, I wish we could say all we knew all along. But we had an idea. He said he was showing signs of it in Orlando. Then in OKC, he did a lot of growing up, but he just didn't have the ball as much. Mm. We wouldn't have even considered the trade without getting him because we saw him as the next great pacer. Wow. Which I thought interesting i mean we never you never know if they're just blowing smoke yeah if they're just like dennis lindsley for example in in utah i mean he always says we i cannot say we thought mitchell was going to be as good like that would be unfair and like i the reference they're saying oh yeah no we knew a a big reason why i'm 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 doing this is because i remember reading last year this time like utah i mean mitchell i played in the summer league and looked very good and the guy and the Utah rep, whoever they talked to, said that they looked at Mitchell as the next Dame Lillard, C.J. McCollum type guard. Yeah. And at the time, I read that I was like, I mean, I mean, we were comparing him to Avery Bradley coming out yeah. and Norman Powell. So to say this guy's gonna be Damian Lillard seems a little bit excessive. And they were 100% on the money on that. So that makes me feel like these teams sometimes see stuff that other guys, other scouts don't see, but they're obviously were extremely high. What does Atlanta have to say about the, what they saw from Trey Burke? Man, Trey, Trey, Trey Young. <laughs> You're already setting him up, man. Jesus. That's going to be a joke in three years yeah. if he's not, a, if he's, uh, not great. Uh, they said that uh, their expectations for him are they just want him to play steady and improve. Uh, they just want him to play and steadily improve, and it's tough for a rookie point guard to succeed right away, but he's got the makeup to be a good one. Okay. Uh, the Bulls were obviously very high on yeah, Wendell Carter. That's what I wanted to say, ask you about them. Yeah, they, they – <laughs> Guy asked him about Wendell Carter. He was like, "You mean the steal of the draft?" Mm. Uh, <laughs> they were like, "The Al Horford comps were there for a reason. He's got it all. He and Lowry are gonna make a nice tandem uh, front court." Any anything else on my man Lowry? Lowry marketing besides that little comment there? Didn't say much on Lowry marketing. Uh, they, they still sleep in you know, Chicago. Hi, they they, got, they, they liked, got the future. Yeah, I know. The, <laughs> one of the future best four men in the league. And they another guy, another European guy that's gonna or it's international true. guy can be one of the best players in the league. Uh, they're high on the Zach Levine deal if they brought him back. Did they, talk, did they say anything about Dunn? Didn't say anything about Dunn, which yeah, not, shows not he's good, not in their plans. not good for him. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, they did talk about Jabari Parker. Said oh, that, yeah. What did they say about him? Said they thrilled, they're thrilled to have him. Said people forget just how good he was before the second ACL. He's going to be a big-time scorer for us, and he hits the boards, too. Okay. So they 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 think – I'm a little worried about Jabari Parker. I loved – remember, I, I used to love Jabari Parker. Yeah. I don't know. This – I don't have a good feeling about how that's gonna end up. Sometimes, sometimes it, it, it's not. Say about it's not anything tangible. You just look at it and say, uh, "He's going back home." Did you see the comments he's made? I mean, well, I saw him defending Derrick. Rose. I like the. Derrick, I mean, as a Memphis guy, I love the Derrick Rose comment. I liked it too. As yeah. a, I mean, as a city person, someone was talking crap about Stephon Marbury. I even even though he's my guy, I talk bad about. Yeah. I'm still gonna defend him. Yeah, like, exactly. He's from my city. I'm yeah. still gonna say Stephon Marbury is, New York is one of the best New York point guards that's ever played. Yeah. Put respect on his name. So the fact that he told him but did you see and that Rose is ten times better than Marbury. So the fact that he did that, I did like that. Did you see the defense comment though? No, what did so, you say about someone it? asked him about something about like, you know, the whether or not he's gonna play defense, or the, whether or not he's worth the contract, given he's not the best defender, he was like, you know, they don't play people to play defense. They don't pay people to play defense. He's like, they so pay people. Demar Carroll will be would, would highly disagree. Yeah, with no, that. Marcus Smart <laughs> would have more money than him. Has no offensive ability, but Joe Noah would highly disagree. Yeah, exactly. Oh dang, a bunch of bull. Would highly yeah. disagree with that comment. Uh, yeah, guys, that his predecessors. Yeah, played the guys, for that he's team. watched growing up. Um. Yeah. Uh. Oof. So that's 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 a rough start. I'm not I'm not crazy about that comment. It's a rough start. 
they also the, the Cleveland Cavaliers talked about the Colin Sexton pick. I did want to talk about Sexton, and yeah. they said we needed someone who wants to be the guy. Say he wants it. You can see it. He's a bulldog and takes on all comers. We're very happy to have him. So I agree. They needed an alpha. They dog. also feel I like Kevin Love could go back to be Minnesota Kevin Love. That ain't happening. Yeah, he could be it. good. I, I if he was an all star next year, that wouldn't shock, surprise me. But yeah. I mean, Minnesota Kevin Love is just dead. Yeah. I watch him now. I don't know how he was doing what he was doing. It's crazy how good he was. Oh yeah. I mean, he was just a terror. Thirty rebounds, thirty. Yeah. I mean, stuff he was doing was ridiculous. Yeah. And I watch him now. I mean, I don't know if like his role was so changed so much. And he lost a lot of weight. People forget that. Right. He he used to be yeah, he used to be just a grizzly bear. Yeah, in, he, in, he in, was, in the paint. He's not gonna rebound the same way. Right. He's not as strong. Uh. So that's that's a little weird how his whole career has uh, turned out. And uh, give me one more. Uh, let's go. I'll, I'll give you any team you want. Uh, I don't know. It's close. You, you can go with the Magic or the Sixers. They both had interesting stuff to play. Oh, man. Those are two good teams. Let's do the Magic. We talk about Sixers a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the Magic, they talked about Mo Bamba, and they said we couldn't pass him up. He's ideal for where the league is going, but more importantly, he's a great person. We want a team full of great people, and Mo is a part of that. He blew us away in his interviews and workouts. We're thrilled to have him in Orlando. And on Jonathan Isaac, they said his improvement. That his body is night and day. Uh, you can call him Muscle Watch. Well, 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 he's got some muscles now. He's also done. He's also done work on his body to keep him healthy too. We need to see Jonathan play more this year, and we will. As far as skills, we're asking him to do a lot of handling the ball here in Vegas, and he's pretty good with it. To get all of our best guys on the floor, we need to have him. We need to have those skills. Uh, we need to have. We need him to have those skills, and he's his shots getting better all the time. Yeah, I'm not selling my stock on Jonathan Isaac. Um, he 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 was a guy that needed like a redshirt year. He just wasn't gonna. He wasn't ready to produce next year, last year. But I think this year, uh, I would put him in that race for a most improved player. I'm not gonna go as crazy as he's gonna win. John Isaac. Yeah, he's gonna get the shots. I had, I had a name. I, I mean, he's gonna was. start. Oh, you know who I think? You know who I think got an outside shot? Buddy Hill. There were Buddy Hill in there. He played decent last year. He didn't yeah. play really good this year. You think he will? But like yes. people don't realize that, but he played good last year. I do. I do agree with that. He so did. like, if he uh, went in, if he averaged like eighteen points a game, that would be people like, would be like, this guy's Whoa, pretty what? good." But like, like yeah. who's scoring in Sacramento? Yeah, that's true. I mean, Bagley couldn't score in the summer week. Yeah. Yo, De'Aaron yeah, Fox. I, I'm, might waiting, also I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for those Sacramento notes next week. I know, right? That's that would be funny. I'm very interesting to see <laughs> how they them explain themselves passing up Doncic for. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Couldn't score in the summer. I also want to see what Dallas says about getting Doncic. I mean, they've said it publicly. They're right. We're winning championships. Yeah, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban said publicly. Oh yeah, he was number one on our board. We were thrilled. Oh man. Um. Yeah. No, I think Isaac. Isaac, I think I'm throwing him in there. I mean, he's starting from zero. So anything he does is, like, yeah. going to be a massive Yeah, if he averages 14 points a game, which isn't crazy. I think that's possible. Because no one else is scoring on that team either. Yeah. Um, and we know he's going to play excellent defense. So his defense and his scoring. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be dangerous, man. We talked about I mean, there before, are people who think the Magic will make the playoffs. I can't go that far. But Clifford, this is the ideal Clifford team. He loves yeah. defense. Clifford is a good coach. I, I don't know what Jordan – Jordan didn't do a good job of giving yeah. him – the roster needed to win. Nah. He gave him a bunch of guys that were broken down, old, old Overpa- hurt, overpaid. Overpaid. You got to get these guys before they get the contract. Once they get the contract, they start. Pl- they stop playing. They need the Dwight Howard to solve all things. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, let's quickly talk some football. Uh, Ken, John Gruden and Cleo Mack have not spoken. John Gruden is an Oakland Raider head coach. Mack is their star defensive player, one of the top two or three defenders in the league. Zero communication, according to Adam Schefter of ESPN. 
This comes as Mack is locked in a heated contract dispute with the team. He's holding out in training camp in hopes of getting a new deal. He's set to make $13 million this year, but has no more years uh, committed after this year. He'll be an unrestricted free agent as things settle right now. Uh, what does this say to you about Gruden's way he's running the team that he has not even spoken to Khalil Mack? Uh, I'm not going to—I don't know if this is a red flag just yet. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% sure if this is— I don't think this is common for a guy that that's new. That, that like if you have a new coach and a guy on your team's holding out to not have any contact, that seems a little weird. I do imagine that if most players when they hold out probably aren't talking to the coach all the time, right? Unless they're really close to the coach. Um. So like like I mean Marcus Smart wasn't talking to Danny. wasn't talking to Brad Stevens when you know he didn't have a contract. I'm sure, sure Clint Capella is not chatting it up with Mike D'Antoni right now every week. Yeah. Talking about next season, he's like, "Let me give me my money, and then I'll talk." Right. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm wondering is, is this coming from Cleo Max camp or is this coming from the Raider organization? Because it's coming from the Raiders organization, that is a little more of a red flag that Gruden isn't prioritizing Cleo Mac, and they're prioritizing contract negotiations more than, you know, having your new coach that is a celebrity create some sort of relationship with your best player i do think that um the fact that i read this story and wasn't surprised tells me something how i feel about gruden that i didn't maybe realize but gruden can be kind of weird he's been weird with his quarterbacks in the past he's been weird with certain stars in the past so when i read this it was like wow but then i wasn't shocked and that worries me a little bit if i'm talking about the second iteration of john gruden in the nfl i i do the, the 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 obvious uh things are there you know i i agree the the amount of contact players who are holding out have with coaches usually isn't much but it's weird though when you consider like this is well before mac said he was going to hold out i mean gruden was hired in what january this is months ago yeah and they haven't been talking at all since then not once yeah. like you didn't call him say yo i took the job i don't know the contract situation but i hope to have you in camp nothing yeah, that seems that seems weird. I don't I don't know, but Joe Gruden can be weird with these guys sometimes. And sometimes he he I don't say he plays mind games, but I just think that he kind of is just in his own head. I think he kind of is in. I think I think he's one of those guys where he he goes by the beat of his own drum. I don't think there's any long game around it. I think he's just like he ain't on the team, so I ain't talking to him. Whatever, I don't got to prove anything to him, or he wants to send a message or something. I don't know, but I don't think it's anything other than that. Uh, but that's a little a little concerning. Um. Nothing. I don't think there's anything to go crazy about. Mac will eventually get his money. He's too great not to get the money. He will eventually play for the Raiders. But it does seem like a, 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 a for a guy who signed for maybe Gruden feels like I'm signed for ten years. I don't got to worry about you. All right. <laughs> I'm I'm made. Yeah. I'll, so, I'll last you probably. Yeah, but like, but maybe he's foolish to feel that way. Even though that money is yeah, guaranteed. He won't be there I mean, all ten NFL years. NFL coaches. I don't care how much money you got in your deal. They will get rid of you. So. Maybe he's in his contract a little bit, but I I, I didn't love when I heard this. I'm not gonna go. I don't think it's a, it's a disaster. And I, but do I do think, worry that this could be, lead to problems two, three years from now, where maybe there's another contract situation with Mac, or Mac doesn't play well, and Gruden says something in the media, and then Mac remembers this. Or Mac's a free agent. Or Mac's a free agent, and then he's gonna resign, and then he leaves because he's like, well, they didn't treat me well when I was uh when I was holding out. Yeah. So this it just seems unnecessary. It and seems like he's creating an unnecessary. At the same time, I mean, problem. Gruden's. I mean, he's a he's a offensive guy you know so he's gonna talk to Carr 
probably has talked to Amari Cooper. Uh, or he probably, oh yeah, I'm sure he has, but he also probably talked to Amari Cooper right after he got the job. I, I, it's not shocking. He made, he probably didn't prioritize Khalil Mack. Um, real quickly, one, one other NFL note similar in that holdout thing is I don't like how these, these teams have, cause I look at, you talked about Sam Darnold, EJ. Mm-hmm. You talked about it early, uh, before the show. Yeah. How the Jets haven't signed I him. I don't understand what that's about. Yeah. Roquan Smith also hasn't signed in Chicago. Uh, and Saquon Barkley, he signed his deal quick. You know, right when he got to camp, signed the contract. Baker Mayfield signed. Those teams drafted one and two. They were like, those are our guys. We're going to mm-hmm. take care of them. Gave Saquon Barkley, I think, the biggest deal for a running back ever, or something along those lines. Oh, not ever, but in this wage scale period. And. Dave Wanstat, you know Dave Wanstat, former uh, coach of what, the Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah, yeah, and obviously Pitt coach. So I, I have uh, some some real connection to Dave Wanstat, my guy. But uh, he commented on the Roquan Smith thing, mm-hmm. and he said that it was it's selfish that he's not in camp. Selfish from his part, from Roquan's right. part, to not be in camp. Selfish by the agents to not get him get his contract signed over some fine print. And I, w- I just want to talk real quick about how I think these teams have a poor. It's it's similar to when we talked about Bill Self. Was it Bill Self? Uh, no, it was Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops. I, yeah. I get them confused. But it was Bob Stoops <laughs> talking crazy about players, you know, not getting paid or whatever, right. and the stipends and how it's ridiculous or whatever. Like, I mean, you get fed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it literally was an excuse. You get free. You get great lodging. <laughs> you get paid lodging. <laughs> but. uh... No, like, I don't like how these teams, you have you draft these guys in the top 10, right. like Roquan Smith and Sam, Dar- Sam Darnold, and like the Joey Bosa situation last year, and you don't take care of these guys immediately. You don't just say to yourself, all right, it's a little bit, it's like a million dollars that we're fighting over. Yeah. We're a hundred million dollars, we're a billion dollar organization. We can't take care of our rookie. We plan to be here for the next decade. And we're fighting over, you know, some guaranteed money. It's just, it, and then we're blaming the guy, saying he's selfish, saying you shouldn't be holding out right. for this little money. When you see the stuff that these guys go through, the the pain that these guys are in, the the stuff they're doing to their bodies playing this sport, or the ruthlessness of where teams are ready to get rid of you as soon as you yeah can't exactly. Play. And I don't blame these guys for saying I want every penny I yeah. can get. No, you're or right. I'm not going to play. It's 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 selfish on the team's part. Yeah, it's this ruining the team. If I were a coach, I'd look at my GM, my owner, and be like, "Sign my rookie. Yeah. I need this guy in camp so he can perform, or, or I can't do my or, job." Yeah, or I'm going to get fired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's why wants that. I mean, maybe that's what he's looking at it. Why? But I think he's looking at it backwards. I agree. Yeah. He should be looking at the team and be like, "Well, because I don't got this top notch rookie who is because we had a terrible year last year. Is why we drafted this guy." Yeah. Like, if you don't show up ready to camp and ready to play, I'm not going to be in a job next year. We're going to be drafting high again. Yeah. He should be looking at it as a team, as, like, as you said. And you you illustrated it, illustrated it perfectly. I mean, you look at consideration the, the risk these guys take going out there on the field and the money these teams make. And when you look at that and you're talking about a couple of million dollars, a couple of he, I mean, you know, options, a couple of print. roster bonuses, we're talking, we're arguing over fine little, print. little things like that. And that's why you can't got, get these guys into camp. Um 
I do think foolish. that it speaks. It, speaks, it, it, it does set a bad precedent. If I like the Giants, the, how running business. the Giants were willing to invest a, the number two pick on a running back in Saquon Barkley, and they took care. Of him. Yeah, it's like, like three, four million dollars isn't going to mean future, anything. It's not going to mean anything. If he's a stud, it'll be, uh, it'll, 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 he'll be underpaid. Right. It'll be a de- it'll, it'll, it'll be like a complete. Uh, I, I don't, I'm forgetting the word right now, but point being. They they'll they'll win that deal easily. Yeah. If he's a bust, they won't know. They won't remember the three be, million dollars. It'll, it'll be a bargain. It'll be That's like, the yeah, the bargain about. exactly. Yeah. It'll be a bargain if Saquon Barkley's a great player. If he's a bust, they won't remember the three million dollars right. that they gave up. I yeah, mean, there's no it's pro- there's no protection for these teams for the little money that they're fighting over. So exactly. I agree. If you're the Jets, get the deal done with Donald. Man, he's a rookie. He needs to be in he's training camp. He's a quarterback. Camp. You w- hope gonna, that he can start. The fact that he may miss practice the first few practices because he, they can't get over a couple of million dollars, that's a terrible job by uh, by that front office. Terrible. Awful I'm job. calling on McCagney. Come on. Get get the deal done. You drafted this kid. Your job's on the line. You, why are you fighting over $3 million that you might not even be involved in because you might not make it past this year? What are you doing? Yeah. Get the guy in camp. Let's get this kid ready to go. Let's try to win some football games this year. This nonsense that you're talking about with this – fine print stuff, it's not on these NFL players at all, these rookies. These guys, this is their first NFL contract. They're not guaranteed to get another one. They yeah. should be getting everything they should get. Yeah. You de- hurting the team and hurting their development. Trying to be cheap. By trying to be cheap, that's that I totally Every agree. Every fan we should cannot, be, we cannot it should be looking at the organization saying these guys are screwing up. Kendall, real quickly, ESPN came out with, I thought it was a really cool um, college football ranking of all the, the greatest BCS champions. There have been 21, I think, BCS champions yeah. over the course of the last some odd years. I forgot. And and they ranked the top 21. And I thought it was pretty interesting because some of these teams, I could not understand where they why they were ranked where they were ranked. Uh, so Vince Young's 2005 Texas team came in at number one. Tim Tebow's Florida team in 2008 was number two. The 2001 Miami Hurricanes were number, rounded out the top three. Uh, the Winston-led uh, Florida Seminoles were number four, and the uh, 2004 Trojans with Matt Leinard, Reggie Bush, Lendell White, they came in at number five. Kendall, did they get this list right? I think, I don't know. I don't know if Vince Young's 2005 Texas team is the best team we've seen. That's something that, I mean, Vince Young was a great player, um, but it was considered a rather miraculous upset for them to beat that USC team. Um, and the 2004 USC team was, I mean, that was number five. And I, I understand that. I think the 2005 team was probably a little bit better. Yeah. And they lost. But I don't know if I could have them over Florida, Miami, and Florida State. I mean, you can make the case. Because Vince Young, I think, is probably the best player yeah. out of all those yeah, guys. Yeah, that's, that's probably the case. They've got the best player that's probably one of BCS not a champion. Right. So in that, if that's the case you're making, then all right. In a game setting, I could see this team beating any of those teams because of how great Vince Young was. But just like he was great enough to beat that USC team. But um, the rest of the teams in that top five were so deep in NFL talent that I don't know. It's, it's tough. And who was Vince Young's receivers? Did he have anyone good? I don't even remember anyone. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. Let me pull it up. Because, I mean, they, you know – they did it now. Uh, their running, their game, running was game was great. Yeah, running game. Yeah, Folly Whitaker, a couple other guys uh, that could really play. But I mean, their receivers weren't that great. They did have an awesome offensive line. Uh, I mean, they Dancing were a corner. Their defense was Michael cool. Huff had an incredible season. Yeah, he Michael became, Griffin. Uh, he became a top pick because of it. They had Michael Griffin, Michael Huff, and Harris. Brown. 
uh, won a Super Bowl. Cedric Griffin was on the team. You talk about Terrell Brown. I mean, this was Aaron Ross. I'm sorry, that's what I meant, Aaron Harris. Aaron Ross became an NFL uh, Super Bowl winner. Um, Brian Arakpo, of course, was the sack master. Uh, he didn't play much on this team, but he was on the team. They were a good team. I mean, they were a very good team. In terms of their receivers, though, I mean, they didn't leave that much to be desired. Uh, Most Taylor, man. I remember Billy team. Pittman was their best, big receiver than David Thomas and Lima Swede, who I think had some better years after this year. They were a nice team. I, I can't say that this team should definitely be uh, Jamal Charles the greatest team. team. It's that they had Jamal Charles as their starting running back. So, you know, <laughs> they were nice. Yeah. I, I thought that they were a little high. Vince Young was so great that I kind of get why, if you wanted to put them, but they have the Cam Newton Auburn team very low, and was Vince yeah, Young better than Cam Newton? I think all no, but the Auburn team, but the Texas wasn't team, was way better than Auburn. Yeah, yeah. Sound, I mean, yeah. besides, uh, besides the uh, what's the name on defense? I can't Fairly, remember. yeah, Nick Fairly was great, but everyone else, I, you know, I, I can't say they were that great. To me, Miami being number, not even number one is crazy. EJ, you sound like a Miami fan. Kendall, <laughs> did, have you seen the 2001 roster? Have you seen the guys we put out there? In 2001? Yeah, a couple of NFL guys. We got Hall of Famers that were on that team. Ed Reed. Ken, uh, uh, Ed Reed. Frank Gore. Clinton Portis. Willis McGahee. Willis McGahee was a third-string running back. He was a third-string. Kellen Winslow. Jeremy Shockey. Brian McKinney. Vince Wolfork. Jonathan Vilma. DJ Williams. Antrell Roll. Guys, multiple-time Pro Bowls. How, how, how are they... Like, to me, this is almost like... Part of me feels like this is a little bit... Like, I don't want to say clickbait. But part of me feels like it is like they're trying to be contrarian. Because I don't know how that Miami team is not number one. They're the, my, that Miami team is why I watch college football and why I, I'm a Miami Hurricane Well, team. I think a lot of it... I don't know if they respect Ken Dorsey, a quarterback. Frank Gore in that year, he ran... He had averaged nine yards a carry. On sixty something carry, he had he averaged nine yards a carry. Clinton Portis ran for twelve hundred yards. Ken Dorsey, you can talk about whether or not we respect him or not. Ken Dorsey was one of the most accurate passers in college football during that year. Or one of the top passers. I can't say one was accurate. Right. He's thrown a, he's thrown to Andre uh, Andre Johnson. He's thrown to Jeremy Shockey. Kellen Winslow. Kellen Winslow. Kendall, you got. Don't talk about Kellen Winslow anymore. I, I, yeah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I don't. I don't understand how someone like and then Kevin Beard played in the NFL. I, that to me is crazy. I, I'm sorry. We talking about the greatest teams, and some of the guys that were on that Miami team, that Miami defense. William Joseph played in the NFL. Jerome McDougal played in the NFL. Phil Buchanan played in the NFL. I mean, their defense is just all NFL players. So I I I'm a, Ed Reed had nine interceptions that year in college football. Yeah. Nine interceptions for one player in college football. That's that's ridiculous. They, they only played twelve games. I mean I I I I just looked at that list. I had to bring it up because I think that list is crazy. Um, but did you think that they got the worst team right? I know you do. Ohio State two thousand two. Another, another Miami great. To me, they shouldn't even be on this list. They're not real champions. Right. They should be an asterisk by the championship. They had to take out Will They had to take out Will McGahee's knee, and then they had a, a terrible penalty. Is the only reason why they won that game. 
Miami played their worst game of the season. They needed a terrible referee to get them a win. So yeah, they they are a trash team. I don't know. Man. Their best player was a freshman. Yeah, he's <laughs> correct with yeah, the best player. So yeah, no, they they were whack. They barely beat Purdue. They barely beat Michigan. Like they 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 couldn't beat decent teams in their. They barely beat decent teams in their Big Ten. I, I have no respect for that team. Where where was this out this year's Alabama team with Tua? It's a good question. Well, it's not BCS. They're not in the BCS. I think they have those teams. Yeah, I think I think they count those teams. I don't think they did. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, they had twenty Uh, so this is, yeah, okay. So they are number eleven. That seems high to me. I didn't think this team was that great. They were a good team. Yeah, they were. Yeah, but I mean, I guess eleven. They were getting beat that. by Georgia. Yeah, they were getting beat down by Georgia until they changed the quarterback. They would have never changed the quarterback. They would have lost that game. So you think last year's Clemson team was better? Yeah, definitely. Deshaun Watson was unbelievable. Yeah. They had Mike Williams on the outside. They had good receivers. They were they were they were great. Yeah, that team was loaded. Um, let's do Kendall's court. Let's get out of here. Kind of what we got this week. Kendall's court, EJ. We're going to Vegas, uh, but we're not going to Team USA. Well, let's say we're not going. We already talked about plenty of stuff on Vegas. Um, we're going to the AAU basketball scene where. Uh, right now, this weekend, it's centered in Vegas. All the best high school basketball players in the country are playing AAU basketball in the city of, in Sin City. But we're not talking about necessarily a high school basketball player right now. We're going to be talking about a middle school basketball player. Uh, but the reason we're talking about it is because it's LeBron James Jr. Uh, he had a game this week in Vegas that got shut down. He got shut down because LeBron was in the building. It was played in a small gym, probably a high school gym, middle school gym, not designed to pack, you know, thousands of people. And they brought in, and LeBron happened to be there. And with LeBron being there, uh, it started and it became, there became hecklers. There became guy. there were people yelling at LeBron, chanting at LeBron. There was a Jordan guy, uh, a Jordan fan that was yelling at LeBron or whatever. And then other fans started where it became in defense of LeBron, uh, started yelling back at the Jordan guy. Eventually, a fight broke out, and they had to, they had to shut down the game because it became too raucous. Uh, it became a a little bit of a dangerous situation, um, and the game was wild. Uh, and that is not that's becoming the norm for Bronny James's games. Uh, is that they're becoming spectacles? They're becoming real. I mean, they're becoming huge, huge games with huge audiences. Similar to what we saw last year with Zion Williamson versus LaMelo Ball in the AAU game in Vegas. Uh, so, I look at that and I say to myself, and then we also had LeBron on his uninterrupted show, The Shop, talking about how he regrets naming his son LeBron James because he felt like he put a lot of pressure on him yeah. and his career. When I look at this kid... This is going to end up being one of the biggest. This will probably end up. He'll probably end up being the biggest high school athlete in terms of exposure, in terms of hype, not in terms of hype, but in terms of how good he is. Because I don't know if, if he's gonna be that great, but just in terms of uh, him being a story, he'll be the biggest high school athlete we've ever seen. Why is that? Because because Jordan's kids played. Yeah, they played college basketball, and we didn't really care about them. I know it's weird. 
It's weird, right? I mean, George, I mean, Marcus Jordan was a Jordan brand All American. Yeah, I mean, probably not. He probably wasn't. Probably wasn't. Yeah. Probably deserve it. I'm sure there's a, there's a very obvious reason why that was. <laughs> but I mean, but he wasn't a scrub. Like, yeah, he, he was, got. He, had he was D1, a legitimate ID one player. Right? Could have went to Florida State. Could have went to Florida. Yeah, and then when he played in college basketball, he was a decent player. Yeah. Like he he was a good college yeah, basketball yeah, player. I mean, he had many of battles with Memphis. <laughs> I've never never spooked by Marcus Jordan, but. You know, but he, he clearly wasn't like a bump who only got there because his dad. Like he he earned his D one yeah. high D one spot. Right. So and uh, Jeffrey walk on was, Illinois. But he was even more highly recruited. Yeah. At one at one point. Yeah. So what's the why 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 the fascination is it just the ball is life like era we're in now where like well even yeah, like even like thing. these young kids we're just like we got a camera now we're watching them we want to see I keep seeing this. They keep showing these same clips of these this this little this little white kid and this little black kid who are like rivals. I don't even know who these kids are. I keep seeing the same clip every single year from Ball's Life. These two kids going at it. They like, oh yeah, this is round three. Seeing these kids, I'm like, who are these kids? <laughs> oh yeah, that stuff's out there, man. Yeah, like, like oh yeah, last game he got him. Now I see what's gonna happen this time. And I'm yeah. like, I mean, if you they, we're, we're, track, we're tracking 13 year old rivals. You ever heard? Of, you ever heard of Julian Newman? No, I never oh heard yeah, of you never heard of Julian. Julian Newman is like, I mean, he's a YouTube. Superstar probably all the videos get probably have multiple videos that have over a million views. I mean, people will never play D D one. They never play high D one basketball. I mean, to me, that has to be the the reasoning for this because we just can we can actually watch Bronny's highlights. Yeah, I mean, he's legitimately ranked in the top ten of his class. He started out number one. He's starting to dip a little bit. Uh, he's still very much top ten, top five, top seven, whatever you want to talk, but. So he's not a scrub, or he's not like we're only following because LeBron. Yeah, he's kid, good, you know. But he's thirteen, like, I, like that's the thing. It's like, but we're talking about him on ESPN. Yeah, and, that's a little uncomfortable. That's a little uncomfortable for me. And we've never talked about a thirteen-year-old kid like that. I mean, Gary Payton said he might be playing at Sierra Canyon High School next year, which is the best high school basketball program in California. Uh, playing, I mean, Kenyon Martin Jr. goes there. He'll probably he's gonna be playing high D one next year. Scotty Pippen Jr. plays there. He'll be playing mid to high D one next year. As Cassius Stanley, who's a top twenty recruit for next year, plays there. That Marvin Bagley went there. Like that that school is that school is elite. Imagine those games if Bronny James is on the roster. He might not even play, or he might be a, a seventh man, eighth man off the bench. But those games are gonna be so highly. Yeah, follow the I don't, chronicles. I mean, the kid could he could live up to it like his dad did, but I can't. I don't wish that on anyone. That's just that's a lot of pressure. And part of me, honestly, he, LeBron talks about the his regrets in naming his kid LeBron James Jr. I mean, to be honest, I don't know if that's. The I mean, problem. yeah, in terms if, of if he's talking about this specific, he's talking about what it, whatever else he does with in life. Yes, I'm sure that's going to be an issue. Because I don't think a lot of people. I kind of forget his name is LeBron James Jr. We call, I, I call always him, call him Ronnie. I only call him LeBron James Jr. Really, you don't call him Ronnie. Ronnie. You just called him Ronnie today, on this show. You just called him Ronnie. Did I call? I called him. Well, yeah, early, but just now I called him LeBron. Right. So you call generally? I think of him as LeBron. I mean, I always think of him as Bronny because that's what LeBron calls him. So I don't. I forget. He's starting to become Bronny. I think that's why. I think. I think like his people are putting that out there, and he's putting it out there that he's Bronny. Right, and not LeBron James Jr. But I feel like LeBron's also like he's blaming that. But I think what's more to blame is him saying that I can't wait to play with my play with my son in the NBA. Yeah. Like my son's doing one year in college, you're, or he's not going to the college. If you're talking about that, like your son's gonna be in the NBA, he's 13 years old, and you're gonna be playing with him, and not just in the NBA, but he's saying as if he's gonna be the number one pick. NBA 2K is doing edits of you and him in a Lakers uniform. Oh, yeah. 
No, did you see those? How, did you see that? Yeah, yeah I saw that. You know, they, when Ed is or him throwing alley oops yeah. to LeBron, like it, when that's putting pressure on him, not the fact that that's his name. Yeah, like like you saying he's gonna be in the NBA playing with you. You're the most widely recognized athlete in America. That's gonna put pressure on the kid. So, you know, LeBron could obviously follow his kid however he wants. Cause look how look how much. But I'm just saying if he's talking, if he's if he's gonna look at what's causing all this, I think that's says LeBron more is the biggest, like you say, the most followed athlete in all of American sports, and we talk about him every day, regardless of whether or not we should or whether or not it's, it's reasonable. Yeah, yeah, newsworthy. But we talk about him every day. When his son gets to high school, which he's in seventh grade now, will probably be playing eighth grade basketball next year. Might be an eighth grader playing high school basketball next year. It's possible. Uh, it's going to be a complete circus. I sincerely hope that journalists, news organizations, unfortunately, I don't have much faith in this, but no, they, they <laughs> you already know what I'm going to say. But I hope they look at this situation and realize the journalistic value or what I would say, lack thereof, of trying to cover this kid his every step of the way. I really, and I, I know I'm wrong, but I'm just saying, just out of someone who works in journalism, who can look at this and say, Bronny in high school, 13 years old, playing, I mean, that's not newsworthy. We should not be following this kid around. I don't want to see TMZ around this kid. I don't want to see any of that stuff, because that's just not, we shouldn't be stooping to that level. It's not anything against the kid at all. I mean, people I, It's more because about- I think that I want him to be able to live his life, play high school basketball, do whatever he wants to do, and be a normal kid. Now, maybe because of junior and senior, that's a little different. But at the age he is now. People talking about what school is he going to go to? He's going to go to Duke? See, like, that stuff is LeBron just. LeBron tweeted I, at Penny and, and Mike Miller, and now people think he might be going to Memphis. See, like, that, I don't want any of that, man. Just let the kid live his life. And I hope that I hope that he becomes I hope he becomes the greatest dad. I mean I don't wish anything bad against him. Like I, I, I really hope that he achieves whatever dreams he wants. But the coverage, I, I hope from our coverage standpoint that we're smart about it's how going we do to, this because this is I feel this is this already getting ridiculous. And it first it's been again the ball is life man. No disrespect to them. Shout out to them. I love ball is life. I keep naming them because they're the. Big player in the high school AAU video video circuit, overtime, all those different places. They've already jumped full tilt on this thing, and it's getting a little ridiculous to me. And now ESPN and the Fox Sports and these people now they're starting to dip their toe into that brawny into that brawny pool now too, and that's getting a little weird. Like I really hope that we finally pull back at some point and say, okay, enough's enough. I think the coverage will start getting serious. Will start getting serious if he's still a top ten player by like his sophomore year. Yes, as a sophomore, like, I really hope that's not that's when he like, still gets to do what he wants to do. That's like, when that we'll be, be like, they'll be talking about games that he in had. his class or in the in the country. If he's top ten sophomore in his class. Do you think that they will be? Yeah, good? in his class, like if he's still top ten, and he's playing at Sierra Canyon. Two years from now, but the way they cover Bronny, that's how they should have covered like Lance Stevenson. Like imagine if we were to cover Lance Stevenson's life like that. Yeah. That that would look ridiculous. Yeah, Not to say that he's gonna be as bad or as good as Lance Stevens. Yeah, but we'd be like, man, what? Why didn't we just let Lance Stevens just live his life? Right. Like we were in New York City and we weren't even covering him like that. Right. Exactly. And if I mean, by the time he's a senior in high school and he's still a top ten guy, then we'll, we'll at that be- point I can kind of live with it because like at le- like these high school kids now that are seniors they get covered. Like they're NBA players, I I can live with but that. But it will more. be to another. It will be to another level. I know. Like we don't talk about Zion Williamson on first take ever. They'll be talking <laughs> yeah. about this kid. Yeah. You know, 
after every crazy dunk he does in a game, after every 40-point game he has. See, Bronny James, oh, Bronny James took an official visit to Duke. I mean, we're talking about, they talked about on um, um, Fox that he had an unofficial visit to Duke. He's 13. We're talking about Bronny James takes an unofficial visit to Duke because his whole team was in North Carolina and they happened to, you know, go to the, go to the Duke campus and take a tour. <laughs> but like, that's not an unofficial visit. An unofficial visit is like a coach invites uh, like the player and his yeah, family. That's not a, yeah, not that's like a team takes a, a school tour, <laughs> like a, a trip. Yeah, <laughs> a Kendall, Kendall trip. follows a recruiting trail. Yeah, he's, like, this, he's like, this is a disgrace. <laughs> this is a disgrace when we're recruiting coverage. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's an amateur. <laughs> oh, man, hilarious. Uh, good luck, Bronny, in your first year in high in school, Memphis, wherever man. it is in Los Angeles. Uncle Penny and California Uncle Mike area. will take care of you. Um, go to Gonzaga. You, you know, yo. Mark, Mark Few is showing that you know you may have to redshirt a year, but you gonna come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are gonna be like LeBron James when you come yeah, back after that redshirt year. Mark Few, so just think Mark about Few's that. On the, uh, he's on the Black Lightning Khalil uh, thing. They, they leave, <laughs> they come back, they got dreads. They're like <laughs> they come out there, grew three, four inches, gained forty pounds. See, Rui's uh, balling out there in uh, Japan in uh, yeah whatever tournament he's playing in. Yeah, playing the FIBA. some yeah the FIBA thing. He had like twenty two his last game. He's showing a jump shot. Yeah man, showing handles. Like recently. Yeah, it was like this week. Oh, I, I saw I saw the video yesterday. Oh, I think I it was like this week. I got I got to watch this now. Yeah, you look good. I'm doing a lot of Rui tape because the Celtics have that Kings pick. University, Gonzaga <laughs> University. Speaking of Rui, I'm trying to get you guys to talk. I'm trying to talk to Rui. I'm trying to talk to. Have him. you reached out to him yet? I reached out to the SID. No response yet. In the email, I'm gonna try to call him this week. But if you're listening to this podcast, we would love to talk to Rui Hachimura for the Hub News. We even love to talk to him here if he would talk to us here. But yeah, um, I'm trying to get in touch. So I figured, why not throw in the podcast? Somehow they're here. We want to talk to Rui. He's killing it. He's going to be a big-time player in this college basketball season. I think he has an interesting story we'd love to share. Rui Hachimura, by the way, is who we're talking about. Gonzaga forward, sophomore, going to his junior Future lottery year. pick. Definitely could be a future lottery pick next year. That's going to wrap our show this week. I had a fun show today, Kendall. I thought this was a good show. Uh, good, good, good job. You earned, you earned your you earned your, uh, your paycheck today of zero dollars and zero cents. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Um, be sure to check out all of our shows, of course, on the New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, also, we launched a new Instagram account. Check us out. Have we? Yes, we have. Okay. Um, at New Generation Podcast. Um, it's our new Instagram. Uh, I just the videotape I just did of you is you is on our Instagram now. It's on our story. Of Kendall recording this podcast, uh, so yeah, we're going, we're hoping to show. Obviously, we're going to share a bunch of our videos and podcasts and stuff. But we're also, I'm hoping to do some behind the scenes stuff of what we do, how we prepare, uh, anything we do before we shoot, things like that. I think all that stuff would be cool. You'll see that stuff on Instagram. So make sure you follow us now at New Generation Podcast. Also follow us on at New Generation Pod, which I hope that on Twitter. That's on Twitter, by the way. Uh, that I hope that we start to do more activity on that. Um, and follow us on Facebook, of course, New Generation Media. Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at ActionEJ. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more sports talk for Kendall. I'm EJ. Peace.